0: right what's good family welcome to tom talks today i'm june joined (laughs) joined joined with my beautiful brother jacob o'neill and we're going to be jamming on intimacy so i've known jacob for a few years now and he is a specialist in the intimacy field and he has a lot of really potent wisdom to share on this topic so i'm really excited to get in but first of all Jacob, why don't you introduce yourself, tell these beautiful listeners a bit about you.
1: Oh, brother, thanks for having me on the podcast, and yeah, thanks for the beautiful introduction. Uh, yeah, as you said, my name is Jacob O'Neill. I've been walking a bit of an alternative path the last, say, seven or eight years, which is about the same time that I've been relating with my beautiful lover, Meg, who I'm actually marrying in October, so I'm super excited for that. And throughout a variety of different practices, modalities, workshops, retreats, and all the different things, I um I came to this this, I guess, this cornerstone of of intimacy and relating as a as a way to deepen connection, not only to another person, not only to ourselves, but into all aspects of life. And no matter what I was putting out to the world, when people would come to me, it would normally be around issues or challenges in relating and intimacy. And I would just start speaking and quite often what I was saying was the same thing over and over again. And I realized that these things that I'm saying to people were essentially how I was living my life. So it kind of dawned on me eventually. I was like, oh, this is what you're here to speak to. This is what you're here to share about and actually <coughs> offer to uh, yeah to the world is your medicine and i'm like I'm, I'm super inspired by guys like david data and john Wineland and uh like a myriad of people in the uh in the relating and intimacy space but deep down yeah man it's been my it's been my lived experience that has given me the uh i guess the the capacity to speak powerfully and directly about this topic and that's what i do now bro i coach people on how to how to step up in their relationship, how to really deepen their intimacy and live with a fully open heart.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's epic, man. I know. Like i worked with Jacob. He was one of my first like real, real shit mentors. Um, before that I was fucking around a lot. And he definitely helped me step into, into my heart, into myself a lot. So, can speak to that. And since then, it's only grown and blossomed more. So mm. definitely watch this space for this man. <laughs> it's been beautiful so, to watch you grow why as you well, Tell right? us a little bit about. <laughs> 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 Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, like, why don't why don't you tell us like, what is intimacy? Mm. And how I suppose how do you define that?
1: Mm. Uh, Like intimacy can be such a broad thing for so many people. And like people try to categorize love and passion and intimacy and sex and sensuality and this and that and the other. But for me, I like to bring it back to just a simple statement. And intimacy is your capacity to open your heart and live vulnerably in coherence with the truth of the moment. Mm. So it's a real it's a real dissolving of story. And being it's a really like it's it's the exposing yourself fully to the moment. And what this like, what one of the corner, like key parts of intimacy is that word vulnerability. Intimacy is really about letting things in. Quite often we can see in the world, it's so easy to love others. I know that you've got a couple of young children running around your home and you've got a beautiful woman and it's so easy to love them. I'm sure to give them love, to give them things. But when it comes time to actually let that in, as a man, I know for me, I don't have children yet, but even with my woman, we had a, an experience just last night where I, was, I closed because I was receiving too much. I was letting too much in. So for me, intimacy is actually the capacity to stay open, to stay vulnerable and exposed to the truth of the moment. Mm. which sort of transcends relationships which is kind of the reason that I leave it that general because sometimes it gets stuck in just like I can only be intimate with my lover but for me intimacy is a is a is a practice that I bring into almost everything that I do whether I'm playing guitar sipping coffee washing the dishes driving the car it's like how deeply connected am I to the moment and it's normally gauged by how open my heart is
0: mm-hmm yeah, I think that people can get so caught up with intim- intimacy needs to be physical or like sexual, mm. but it can really, it, it incorporates everything. You can be intimate in everything you do. Mm. It's just about like, I think that intimacy piece, like what it sounds like is from your perspective, it's like being super present in the moment with that, Mm. with that vulnerability, with that openness, yeah, without that presence, it sounds like
1: you're right, bro, the presence piece. And Mm. the one thing that trips people up and I I think it's great to just voice this now we could have, you know, we could have gotten into it in 20 minutes, but what happens is a lot of people, when they start to read, uh, intimate communion or they start to read some relationship books, they get stuck into some podcasts or they get stuck into some Instagram reels is they start to see, oh, being present is just holding space. So they just hold space and they don't ever actually engage with the experience. What that means Mm. is that we can be present, but we can actually disconnect. Mm. So we can be super present and be listening, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, I'm holding you. Yes, yes, yes. But there may be something that your heart wants to express. And if you're just only being present and being the container and not actually engaging with your heart there's this, there's a slight there's just a slight degree of separation mm. so I'm all for and I think it's important is to be present and also engage with the heart <coughs> and something like happened with um like I can give an example just to make this more relatable is meg was having a process and we were she was sharing and i was listening and i'm nodding and i'm like yes yep no i I totally see how that's how you're feeling and i felt this like twinge in my heart i was like oh you have something to say here and my mind said but you're holding space but you're being present with her if you start to share Mm -hmm. you're not going to be present but the truth was that when i finally did share the thing that was upsetting me it actually broke it actually like it, I was willing to put myself out there and expose myself, which set a precedent for a deeper level of intimacy. So I know we've gone pretty deep straight away, bro, but essentially rather than getting caught in, in, in being just present, which is kind of like that, I'm just going to be present. I'm going to hold, which can be quite tense. I know, I'm, I'm sure you've had these experiences I've had with my, my woman or my business or, um, Something in my life has become quite chaotic, and I'm like, just batten down the hatches. But it's in the relaxing and opening of my heart where I share, like for the other day, like, yeah, Meg was sharing, and I said, I just have no idea. Like, this is all very new to me as well. I don't know what's happening either. Like, I'm actually feeling quite overwhelmed, and I, I don't, I feel like a beginner again. I feel like I'm just getting started. And she's like, oh, oh. Oh, we're both, we're both a bit confused. Oh, and it completely Mm. shifted the energetics. So I really love that idea of like holding the container, but then also like making sure that you've got and you're invested and you're willing to express within your own container as well.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that's an actually really interesting piece And for me, what it, when I'm, when I'm hearing something like this, it's, it's important to have that level of communication, that open communication Mm. with our partners or our friends or our bosses or whoever it is Mm. to have a space to know that, Hey, I can hold space for you. But I also have to be true to myself, Mm. I have to show up authentically in these moments as who I am, as what I feel as what I'm bringing to this relationship, this dynamic. So I really like that idea that intimacy is more than just presence. Mm-hmm. Cause it is when I, when you really break it down like that, it is, mm-hmm. it's like that intentional intentionally being both present, but open and authentic, mm-hmm all kind of wrapped into this ball of (laughs) goodness.
1: It is man. and I'm sure you know, you understand, you know, we'll talk a little about sexual polarity and the stages of relating and different things. But when you actually are in the moment, it requires you to really like go deeper than all the concepts and just be with what is true. And that's why I said, like, be vulnerable and exposed to the truth of the moment, because if I just try to use the formula that I got from, you know, okay, if I'm masculine, I always do this. Then when I don't feel like that's what wants to come through me, then I get caught in my mind and I'm like, but I'm meant to be this, but I'm feeling this. And then I start to get confused and I lose that authenticity. I disconnect from my body and Meg's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, tuning fork for this she'll know instantly she'll just instantly feel me disconnect and she'll be like what what, what's what's happened i'm like (laughs) ah i've come back into my head because i'm thinking more about the formula of how to approach this rather than actually tuning into what wants to come through from my
0: heart Mm. Mm. i speak to that like a motherfucker (laughs) i especially around like sex because for me sex became such a program thing because I was constantly like seeking sex to fill this void within mm. myself and sex became like robotic. It was like, Oh, I kiss you here. I lick you here. I touch you here. I have sex with you in this way, Keep focused on making you orgasm and then me orgasm. Uh, and it just became like this, it was so robotic. It was not, authentic. Mm. It was like, just like a process Do this, do this, do this, get this outcome Mm. rather than just like being in the moment. Mm. And like, I know something that you, we spoke about, I think it was like a year ago about how it's just like, it's not about having sex. It's not about orgasming or anything like that. It's about just being present, being open, being, being vulnerable and connecting with the woman or man in a way that is transcends physicality. Mm-hmm. It's like a, the energetic intertwine. I will, we'll, I'm jumping the gun a little bit talking about, you know, that, the polarity of the energies mm-hmm. together, but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I just want to acknowledge that. Like it's, it's more than just, it's, it's that process mm-hmm. that is not really serving. It's about just like being true in the moment. I sure. think
1: that that's I love that. The the more you understand polarity, the more you're able to work with with it and collapse it. Which is the whole idea that mm. like you want to create oneness through 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 two beings. And to do that, there has to be a consciousness of like I am whole and I can play in these different energies which create an experience for both of us to transcend. And when I say transcend, I don't mean that in like yeah. a too much of a woo-woo. We go off into the fairyland kind of thing. It's like we actually have a have an experience where we where we have like what's called like bliss, where we actually have something that's not just a a a, a, a sneeze or an orgasm that's just like oh, oh god relief. It's not about relief. It's about rejuvenation. It's about it, it actually fills mm. the cup up and it overflows rather than like draining it. So much of sex has been relief based or achievement based or formula based, as you said. And I, I resonate deeply with that, bro. I was always like, okay, I know what she likes. I'm going to do that again and again and again and again and again. Doesn't work. Doesn't work when you're, um, when you're in a relationship that is moving toward a more energetic, uh, intimate relating style. It's beyond the physical aspects and it's actually more about fine tuning to the, each other's hearts. So when it comes to these, these practices, I, I believe it's great to have all of the concepts that we'll speak about, but it's also great to know that they're not fixed. They're not fixed. They're mm. not these things that have to be that way for a result to happen. Because intimacy, really, it's not about an outcome. It's about an honoring. It's about a coming back to, returning to, rather than I've got mm. to get somewhere.
0: Mm, I love that. I think so like, i read a story that I think you find hilarious is when Cleetha and I were having sex one night and after we had sex, like it was such a energetic, just like blissful moment as you're talking about. And I said afterwards, I was like, we just made a baby and no joke. A month later we found out (laughs) that she's pregnant. (laughs) It's like that. It's like a portal, creating a portal, and the energetics, and it just, yeah, it's it's so much more than just the physical.
1: Totally, man. Yeah, that's what, that was really funny. <laughs> and you 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 know when it's happening because you you've gone beyond the mind. You know when it's happening because you're stepping beyond the threshold. Um, you're let you're 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 allowing yourself to surrender to love. which is a a very vulnerable thing to do. It's a very intimate thing to do because you're letting go of control, which is really important when it comes to intimacy. You can't control love. It's an infinite force. And for it to actually flow freely and, and to deliver the experiences that you're here to have, should you choose them, you have to be willing to let go of control and surrender to the full force of it. And that's when, yeah, you knew you'd created a baby that's when two people collapse into you know unbridled bliss after like lovemaking or it's when for whatever reason you wake up and you walk out and your partner's made you coffee and you look at them and it's just like this person this person is radiating love they are they're the epitome and i i I, i'm open to it and i'm receiving it and there's no other moment that could exist and that's that's the shit man that's what we're here to experience in my opinion.
0: The good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff for sure. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah, man! Mm. I know you mentioned earlier, like that you mentioned like the types of relating. Mm. So why don't you tell us? Like first of all, like first, what what is relating, mm. and what are these different types? Mm.
1: So it's great to have structure. This is something that I've found helps me sort of <laughs> get an gauge of where I'm at and where where I need to be. I guess refining or harmonizing. So these, so relating essentially is any form of energy exchange between two, two parties. So you can relate with a lover, a child, a parent, a friend, a tree, a car, a texter, a a notebook. You know, there's, there's things that it just depends on like what kind of relating you're, you're diving into. But for the sake of it, we'll just talk about relating between you and your, your lover, you and your partner. So we have three three stages we call these three stages of relating and uh, just to be just to be clear like none of these are better than the other they're just different and it just depends on where you're at and what you want from your relationship um, you know ideally the you know the one that you want is the one that's like really juicy and, and, and really amazing but also it just depends on where you're at in your in your your life what you're what you're requiring and how that serves you. So I've seen people have these all different types of these relationships and still create somewhat of a, what I see is a, a is a quite a fulfilling life based on where they're at. So just knowing that I'll just, yeah, would like to just yeah preface that so I can share, um, yeah, share, share these stages of relating with
0: you guys. So the first one, Sorry. Want to say like, yeah go for it bro. i just want to say like it's important to know that where you're at is where you're at mm-hmm. um it's so often we get caught up in this comparison or got to be this way it has to be this way and where you are at where i am at and where jacob's at it's they're all going to be different mm-hmm. but they're all it's how it's meant to be <laughs> in this moment. So don't get caught up in oh fuck. I don't have a good relationship or oh, I don't, I'm not the best type of relating or I'm not showing up this way or that way. Mm. Like now it's time. Like once you get introduced to this wisdom, get accustomed to this different, um, information, this different types of practices and embodiment you will grow and evolve, and as will your relationships and everything in life. Mm. But don't get caught up in this comparison and this, this like us versus them, or I need to be this or I need to be that. Totally, bro. I think that's so. I hit it. Sorry, brother. I just wanted to. That's no. I think that's. I
1: think like. And I'm so glad that you said that because I was. I know that for me, sometimes when I learn new concepts, I can almost like shame myself for not already being where I think I should be. So it's really great to like, yeah, just clear, clear the air and say, yeah, like where you're at is where you're at. And that's perfect because you can get to like accept it. And if you want to change it, change it. But if you're happy, you just stay there. There's no, there's no right or wrong when it comes to relating. There's just the opportunity to always go deeper. It seems that's what, that's what my life's been like. It's like, Oh cool. I like where I'm at. And there's an invitation to go deeper. (laughs)
0: Always go deeper. Always, don't know what bro. What
1: <laughs> uh, The first stage, bro, of relating is what we call codependency, and now this is activated through necessity. So you know, back in the day when we're in tribes and stuff, this was pretty apparent because you needed a tribe to survive. Everyone had different skills, and then throughout the early, you know, through, once marriage became normal and normalized in the Western world you started to build this codependency with your life partner. You would go out and earn the money, they would look after the home. They, you would mow the lawn, they would wash the clothes. And these were very gender specific. They're built on a foundation of insecurity. I need something outside of me to feel secure. And they're built on a, I need to survive. And this relationship allows me to survive. If we're moving into more of the modern world, we're seeing codependency be more of a emotional codependency, rather than actually physical things like quite often, you know, whether you're a man woman, or or whatever you identify with, you have the ability to go out and earn your earn, earn money, pay for things and live quite an independent life based on your base basic needs. The codependency seems to come through quite strongly in this uh, emotional aspect. Um, we see this with the attachment styles, you know, the anxious and avoidant attachments. So pretty much at this level of relating, there's an expectation, there's an attachment and there's protection. I feel, I feel safe here. And if I don't have this, I don't feel safe. So people will say things like, I don't know who I am without you. I need you to survive. You're my everything. You're my other half. And the story is, I rely on you to give me X. When you give me this, you love me, and when you don't, you don't love me. So it's extremely conditional. Like I said, back in the day when gender roles were very strong, say in my grandparents' day, this served really well. My pop went off and he shore sheep in the shearing sheds all week. My name would stay at home and look after their two daughters and keep the house in line. He'd come home on the weekend and he'd, tend to the outdoors, she'd feed him and look after him and wash all his clothes and send him on his way on Monday morning again. And this worked well for that that era. But as we move forward, we're seeing this codependency show up more emotionally. So it's really important that we become aware of it. And if we wanna change it, we can change it. And if we wanna change it, we can step into the next stage of relating. Is there anything that you wanna jam on that with bro, or are you happy for me to keep going?
0: Yeah, I suppose I just have a question. Like, uh, you might be covering this. I'm not sure. But how do you move from codependency? How do you transcend codependency? Mm.
1: That's a that's a great one, bro. It's about like coming back to sovereignty. So there's been an overinvestment in the relationship. So you no longer identify as yourself, you identify as someone's partner, or you identify as the relationship. So to transcend it, or to actually, I guess, harmonize, what you would do is you would actually take some of your power back through your own personal practices. And that might be, for instance, in a, uh, in a a modern relationship. um, How would you go about this? You may like for a man he might go and join a men's group, because he's emotionally stunted. And he just and his partner wants, wants Wants him to open up, but he doesn't feel safe. So he can go join a men's group and learn how to become more emotionally uh, secure, so he can communicate in his relationship. Similarly, for a, like say say for a, for a woman or someone that's wanting that share, or or anyone that has a feminine essence that feels like they're emotionally sharing too much, they may go and actually, you know receive coaching, mentoring, or, or support in healing some of their emotional um, trauma, for lack of better words. But essentially what you're doing is you're wanting to find out where this started, and it quite often started in childhood, these codependent cords is like learning how to actually detach from others and move from I don't need you, but I want you, which is the shift that you want to make. Which is like I don't need you to survive. I want you in my life because you amplify the beauty and 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 the 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 excitement and the aliveness that I already feel within myself. So essentially, yeah, for me the the, the key things with codependency is like, yeah, for, I would say for men men's group for women women's groups, and then actually understanding sexual polarity. It would be a really great way to start moving beyond codependency.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to understand that relationships should not be a, a, a we identity. It should, mm-hmm. from my perspective, it should be a I am, I am Tom. Mm-hmm. You are Jacob, and we are brothers. Mm-hmm. But we have our own identity, mm-hmm. and then together we can create something beautiful. But we still have our own identities. Yes, And that's something I've got caught up in, like (laughs) stepping more into my identity, my authenticity, rather than relying on like you or my mother or my best friend or whoever it was at that time.
1: Totally, man. And, um, I think it's different to like, I think there's this whole, like, I need to, I need to be able to rely on you for support, but not to make me feel whole. Mm. So I can, know I'm the only one that can acknowledge and create this sense of wholeness, but I do want to be able to rely on you for support. Like I do want Mm. to know that you've, you've got my back. So there's a, there's a, it's like quite often codependency gets a bad rap. Um, and, and it is one of those stages of relating where it can be quite emotion, like emotional trauma bonding, or it can be, you know, based on this, this, this Mm -hmm. insecure, um, attachments. But the truth is, it's like, oh, people just really want to know that, you know, when, when you come back to self and wholeness, there's still a part of, and this is like important for me, you know, I know I'm probably a little bit different in the way that I communicate this, but I like to know that like, oh, Meg has my best interests at heart because she loves me Mm -hmm. and she cares about me and she wants to see me thrive. And that to me is really important to know that I've got someone that actually is invested in me, but Mm -hmm. isn't co but isn't like dependent on me. And similarly, like we've just spent the last 14 days apart and Meg's like, yeah, I realized I'm so, so capable when you're not around. I was like, "Wow! See, we've still got a few things to tidy up. There's still ways where I still take ownership of her her emotional needs, and I, and I create this codependent cord. So I think it's like, it, it's mm. it's these these stages you you will cycle through, but it's just a matter of awareness of where you're at and what you need to harmonise.
0: I like that point as well as like you can still have codependent tendencies in your relationship even if your relationship holistically is not codependent mm-hmm. like there can still be little elements of this like small trauma bonds or mm-hmm. codependent cords, or this or that even though your relationship as a whole can be seen as healthy or quote unquote like right or I think you'll, you, your word uses communal communal, communion. Yeah. Communize (laughs) or communion. Yeah. Yeah. Which Mm. we'll talk about, but I think it's important to know, like you can still have elements of codependency and trauma bonding Mm. and still have a healthy relationship overall. Like there's elements of all of this in, in every type of relationship. It's about identifying them and addressing them, healing the wound or the trauma Mm. or the, trauma bond or whatever it is, codependency mm. to then release that.
1: Totally, bro. Um I'd love to touch on that too when we get into a few communication techniques. Um, because there's some things that like Meg and I yeah. have because we still, we still we still we still we still get nasty. We still throw tantrums, we still close our heart, we <laughs> still stamp our foot and you know, and and frown. We still have human experiences. We're not perfect, which like a lot of people, like know about us because we share. We're like, yeah, like it, it's it's not always easy, but it's always fucking worth it because we know what's possible when we when we when we come back to to the heart. But um, the second stage of relating, bro, is this one called coexisting, which is activated through comfort. So what that means is this is built on a foundation of convenience and common sense. It's like, oh, this makes sense. This relationship makes my life easier. I don't need anything more than this. This is good (laughs) enough. It's very logical. It's more like a Mm. business deal here because it's all based on equality and fairness. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. They're based on the need for more comfort and more control. Mm. You follow the scorecard, you tick off the chores list. You work well together. Everything flows efficiently as long as you stick to the agreement. As long as you don't color outside the lines, you won't have to deal with anything out of the ordinary, right? (laughs) And Mm. the beauty of this is this works so well, but it lacks the one key thing that makes a relationship so fucking beautiful, which is the magic, which is the mystery, which is the unknown. Mm. So even though there's nothing there's nothing inherently wrong here at this level something is clearly missing Mm. and to be honest in the modern world where we're constantly bombarded by media with all of these like big uh sensational uncertain um pandemics and things like that we want certainty right we want to feel safe we want something that feels Mm. solid So this is really favored in the modern world, especially in a lot of younger relationships. People are focusing on coexisting, um, which is this real 50-50 relationship. If you work and I work, we both earn 100 grand. That means we've got 200 grand, which means we can afford this house. And if you look after the dog, um, if you make sure you walk the dog on Monday, I'll walk it on Tuesday. You cook dinner on Wednesday. I'll cook dinner on Thursday. And this weekend we hang out with your friends. Next weekend we hang out with my friends and everything's equal. Okay, perfect. It doesn't leave a lot of room for adventure. It doesn't leave a lot of room for the like the mystery to ignite the intimacy. There's no sense of newness here. And this mm. is some I experienced this relationship heavily um, pro- early mm. on with Meg. We were coexisting. We became housemates, bro. The sex became very mm. very robotic. Mm. The dinners, the dates, everything was pretty much oh we've done this before. We've done this before. And we realized eventually that we were just committed to living a very complacent life in the realm of relating. We were still building businesses and doing things um, separately, but there wasn't that level of like newness in our relationship. And we'll probably have to go into it on another one, bro, but I can talk about the difference between like being of service and being and, and creating significance. And they're two different things. So quite often a lot Mm. of guys get caught in just being of service, making, or, you know, doing what they need to do to keep the wheels turning, but they miss out on the significant Mm. moments where they come through and they just completely blast their partner with love and just knock her out of the park. And this is like the, this is a big, big part of the masculine leadership stuff that I teach is like how to actually have the confidence to do significant shit, to do shit outside of the fucking box. Mm. Um, and there's a way for, 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 for the feminine to bring that through, of course, as well in their nourishment and their radi- radiance.
0: Mm. Mm. I can, I can relate to that. Like, especially in my earlier relationships, a lot of that, oh, well, this makes sense. Like I'm not super happy, but you know, like we, we, we work well together. Like I work, she works, we're saving money, we're doing this with like, whatever, but it's like, there's no passion. There's no fire. There's like none that, mm. that honeymoon stage is just like, well, that's a distant memory. I don't even know what that is anymore. And then that's where for me, I, I went down the whole black, black hole of, you know, seeking external validation, then like talking to other girls or. Um, Going down this whole route of like just absolute carnage of our relationship because you were looking for
1: newness, right? You were looking for something exciting. Like you would, you would exactly you would light a fire in the kitchen just to create a sense of aliveness. You'd, 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 you know, this is where we start to do things that are what what we call self sabotaging because we're aching for some kind of Mm. feeling. Because good enough is good enough. It's not great. And when we settle for good enough That's not great. It's 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 a very slippery slope. Ten years can pass if you're not aware.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Like I know I know people who've been in marriages for twenty years and have hated it for the last twenty eight (laughs) years. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Totally, bro. That whole, that whole shadow, like the shadow aspect, uh, the shadow self, the saboteur mm-hmm. is so prevalent when mm-hmm. we settle, mm-hmm. when we settle and then we start bringing in things or when we have something good and we can't recognize that Or mm-hmm. the well, self. Well, that's a whole other thing. Let's, let's not go. <laughs> let's not open that can. Bro, away, let, but, let, let, we'll have to do
1: yeah. 2.0. I feel like there's some stuff that we can definitely go deeper on <laughs> third sta- third stage. Yeah. This is called yep. collaborating. Third step. Collaborating, collaborating, right? So this, this stage of relating is activated through willingness. So it's built on a foundation of connection and creating. This is, I wanna grow with you. I'm ready to explore more deeply with you. I wanna go and bring to life a beautiful, beautiful, adventurous journey that I know we're here to experience. And at this level of relating, there's an awareness, there's engagement, and there's openness. And this is beautiful. This is where people start to see that there's something more here that there's something more to explore, that when we explore and we bring this energy to our relationship, it creates momentum and excitement around what's possible. It leads to all the different crazy stories that you'll tell your children and your grandchildren about the time you went to India and spent three months in an ashram about the time you went to the Amazon and you, know, you sailed down the Amazon River with the pink dolphins. It's about how you went and looked at the pyramids and ended up living out in the middle of the Sahara Desert for two weeks living off camel's milk and dates. Like if these are the things that create your legend and this is activated through this willingness mm. and yeah, bro, you can feel that energy, right? You can feel when you start to talk about this willingness mm. to lean into the adventure of life. Like this is the thing that like creates beautiful, beautiful children when people willingly step into and all children are beautiful, rather a beautiful experience for a child to grow up in. Let me be rephrase that. So I stay, stay in integrity. Uh, and for me, this is so, so important. And the, and the story here at this level of relating is like, we are here to grow and expand in love. Mm. So there's this, And yeah, there's a tempering here as well. Curious.
0: Go on, bro. Um, yeah. I just wanted to ask. How do you, how would you bring that to your relationship? How do you, for someone who doesn't know how to do that or what that feels like, what that is, Mm. what's what's your recommendation? Like start small number one thing that you start small. What happens is most people will
1: create a fantasy kind of like what I just did then, like going and living in an ashram for three months. That's not really feasible, not even for you or I Rob, not even for me right now, bro, I've got shit on. But for you, like you've got two young children, like, is it really? Like, is that really feasible? Probably not. So what I would encourage is like, when you're coming into this, like, what can we do? That feels expansive, but not chaotic? Where can we lean into our edges? And you've come along to my retreat, bro, finding your edge. So you've seen the model that I use for this. It's like where is the courage zone and where's the chaos zone? And you can bring this that whole model to the to the relation to this part of relating. It's like, okay, I want to grow with you. Okay, maybe we go to a one day workshop on intimacy. Maybe we both read a book together. Maybe we why don't we go and stay in a cabin and get your mum to look after the kids this weekend? Why don't you why don't you go and do a workshop and I go and do a workshop and then we come back together and we talk about it. Why don't, yeah, why don't, why don't we go, why don't we actually fucking book that trip in that we want to go on, that we want to go down to Port Macquarie for a week. I don't know. Like It's all about just like a small declaration, a small declaration in the name of love, which is I am willing to put, this in the calendar and make it a priority. I want to do this. This isn't because I have to, it's because I want to. I like that. Yeah. And you get to like realize, and, and like, for me, this was something that came alive. I, I told Meg, I remember Meg talking about wanting to go overseas and talking about her sister going overseas and her partner, they'd only been together a few months. And, He was like, yeah, I'll come. Let's do it. I'll come. We'll go and live over there for two years. And I was like, fuck that. I would never travel with my partner. (laughs) And the look on her face, bro, was just devastation. She was like, why would you say that? Mm. Why would you never want to travel with me? And I'm like, holy shit. I didn't even think. I really would love to travel with you. Mm. So I had just been conditioned to believe that, you know, in a relationship, Coexisting was where it was at. You just create certainty and safety and you both pull your weight. But truly what I was being called into, which was, you know, this collaborating and, you know, Megan and I didn't just jet off overseas straight away, but we went down and spent a weekend together in Byron and we had the best weekend of our lives, going to cafes, going, swimming in the beach, making love, just drinking in the beauty of our relationship. And I was like, ah, this is cool. I like this. I'm going to do more of this because it feeds you. It actually brings you more fulfillment, more aliveness, more, more nourishment when you, when you do commit to collaborating with your partner.
0: Love that. Mm. That's important. Totally, bro. I like that. Mm.
1: But like for you, bro, you know, you've got two kids. I'm sure there's ways that you you can bring this in, but also honoring the seasons, right? Like if you're constantly trying to grow and evolve all the time, you don't have time for integration. You don't have time for reflection. You don't have time to refine. So I'm all for collaborating, but I'm also knowing that it's not just always about outward expression. Sometimes it's about actually slowing down and taking the Mm -hmm. time to integrate, reflect, refine, and then choose to either redirect or continue along the path.
0: Yeah, I think acknowledging that process of this, like, I really like the season analogy Mm -hmm. like this. There needs to be a winter, there needs to be that reflection, that inward. And Mm -hmm. then there's a time in spring, sow your seeds, Mm -hmm. summer, reap your wards and X, Y, Z. So it's like, yeah, it's important to understand that it's can't always be doing, doing, doing or creating or this or that. There needs to be that duality, that balance mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. 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 Totally, bro. It's like caught up in that shit in this, in this 3D world we live in, it's like, got to constantly do this, do this, make that money, do this thing, make that sale, buy that car, buy that house. Like, bro, calm the fuck down. All right? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It will happen. Yeah. Yes. And that's Uh, where, like, this is a
1: big part of like bringing that, that, like you said, the like the presence piece, if you're constantly in expression, doing, 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 um, or or like in creation, which is a feminine energy, the, the, the force of creation, then you don't ever actually stop and actually be aware of what you're creating. So seasonally, it's so important to know how to honor your seasons but also what essence is quite is, is more dominant um, for those. You know, I know for me in winter, I get, yeah, you know, like my, my, my desire for stillness and solitude amplifies, which is very much a masculine practice. And then through the summer, I can feel my creative energy. I can feel my, my, my life force like beaming. It wants to be out and, 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 and in the world. And it's like, cool, that's more of a feminine energy. And I'm okay with that. I can feel the flow of life. So it's just honouring the seasons and knowing what actually serves serves you, serves your relationship, and serves what you're moving toward.
0: Mm. Mm. I think it's also important to note, like, as much as we're talking about the seasons of the world, mm. we can also go through these seasons within ourselves multiple times a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so it's okay. not
0: just dependent on... <clears throat> What's happening now in in this? Like, we're in winter right now, but mm. I could be in my summer. Mm. But it's about like, there is those two energies you're working with the work, earthly energy, like the winters. But it's also good to acknowledge like where you are in that cycle as an individual. Totally. Uh, man. But like I think that it's internal important. Cycle. Like... Mm. Mm. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro
1: there's one more, there's one more stage, we spoke about three versions, speak about the fourth one, which is kind of like the, the, the one that I love the most, it's this sort of sneaky cheeky one. And it's called like, David data calls it intimate communion, I like to call it like this, like unbridled intimacy, it's this unchained version of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, what that means, like, really, uh, for, for anyone that wants to like, activate this level of relating, it's activated through devotion. And this is where we we build that devotion on a foundation of intimacy and embodiment, which is not about you or the other person. It's about the truth of the moment. I'm here to experience the truth of the moment. I I don't need you. I want you. I want to access the divine through our union. And at this level of relating, there's love, there's truth, and there's freedom. This is all about honoring what's true in the moment beyond any story beyond any belief beyond any program formula concept or teaching. And so vulnerability is a natural part of this. And the story for this this level bro is I'm here in service to the truth. Through this relationship, I wish to give my greatest gift without expectation and receive all that I desire without guilt.
0: I like mm. that shit. Kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier about like what intimacy actually is. It sounds like this stage or phase is all about just like embodying that intimacy, that little, that level of intimacy, the holistic version.
1: Exactly, bro. Exactly
0: that. I love that shit. Everything's a circle. Beautiful man, Yeah, bro. (laughs) And for those who don't know, that's Jacob's. That's how Jacob rolls. Trust the circle. Trust the circle. Trust the circle. The circle. circle. Inside joke. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, man. Mm. I know you wanted to mention about like the polarities, right? The mass fem, masculine, Mm. feminine polarities. Mass fem. Yeah. How do? What are they? how does that relate to what we're talking about mm. so as we we've, we've just sort of moved through those
1: stages of relating what we want to do is we want to see the poles the poles that create the 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 positive negative dark light um masculine feminine uh these yin and yang kind of energies because that's what we're wanting to do we're wanting to bring two forces together to create um union essentially so what mm. I love to use is masculine and feminine. They're the two the two polarities. For me, this is the most powerful. There is a belief that these are gender specific, or there is a common kind of thread that these are too uh, outdated. But for me, I believe that they're the most powerful because they really help us tap into our fullness. This this is this is this is for me like what changed my whole relationship. It really helped me understand where I wasn't owning my masculine and where I wasn't embracing my feminine, or where I was too much, or where I was too overly invested in in one one energy, and where I needed to balance my own energetics out before I could bring the 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 power that I needed to into my relationship. So just in a, in a basic understanding sexual polarity, it's the push and pull of two opposing energetic forces. In this case, the two forces are masculine and feminine. And they are not masculine does not equal man and feminine does not equal f- woman. Clear mm. that straight up. Both of these energies exist within every human and I believe everything.
0: Hmm. Mm. Yeah, the I really like, but I, I don't know where I heard this from, or if I just made this shit up. But I really like the idea, like the masculine creates the container for the feminine to flow in. Yeah. like the masculine's the structure, the 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 boulder, the the holding that shit down, mm-hmm. which allows for the feminine to flow, to create, to birth, and without one, without the other, it does, it's not, they're not living up to their full potential without Mm. having both. Totally bro. So it's important to have both in us. mm.
1: So essentially what you spoke to there is like the masculine is ultimate stillness and the feminine is ultimate movement. And the way that we can see this Mm. is um, like a river. So if we look at the feminine as the water that flows, and the masculine as the riverbanks, when you have just water, right, Mm. and no riverbanks, it turns into a swamp, there's no direction, there's no flow, it's stagnant, it's non moving. The feminine loses its power. When there is uh, only riverbanks, the whole way around the water, it becomes controlled, it becomes rigid, there is no flow because there is only banks around the water, there is no direction for the water to move through. So there becomes too much masculine. Mm. But when we actually like if you try to only be masculine, you're going to put in you're going to create a dam, you're going to have to create this, this water, this body of water that you have to control. And we see this men controlling their emotions, men controlling their expression, men becoming hardened and deadened to the, the the feminine force that moves through them. And then they bring that to their relationship and they, they shrink their partner because they're shrinking themselves. Mm. But if we actually open up to the idea that both of these forces exist within us and we have these beautiful riverbanks which intuitively direct the beautiful water that's flowing through it, Flow happens, creation happens, water life, fish, reeds, animals come down to drink from the river. It becomes a source of life. The feminine and the masculine together creates life. So what happens here is that you need the masculine, you need that for the container. You need that conscious structure. And you need the feminine for the for for creation, for nourishment, for life force. You need that. And when you bring them together, you create this this experience of life. You create what we what we have here, this three D world.
0: Mm. Yeah, I really like that analogy. Yeah.
1: So just to, good, just to give a bit more analogy. structure to these as well, bro. Like the feminine it's 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 something that's like people like to think of it as anything that creates uh that's it's an expression of life so like um lo- lots of natural things like a flowing river or mother earth in her full full glory um islands like bali where there's an abundance of life uh fruit is another really feminine experience um poetry and all of these things embody a particular aspect of the feminine, uh, which is they're radiant, they're nourishing, they give life, they're life giving. But there's also desires of the feminine, right? Like the feminine desires certain things. The feminine at the core of it all, it desires connection. That's how it, 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 it experiences love is through connection. And then if we're going to switch over to the masculine, the masculine can be very much uh, described in like forms of nature. But if you look at like a mountain, it's very still. It's very present, very solid. If you look at a big tree, it's very straight. It's very directional. It's very single focused. You look at cities, they're very structured and, and productive and efficient. If you look at main roads, they're practical. They're, they're solid. If you look at cupboards, They're very logical and organized. So you can see in the modern world there's a very strong thread of masculine energy. And a big thing here, one of the core desires of the masculine is to create freedom, freedom from discomfort, freedom from from having to do more because what it desires most is that freedom to be still, freedom to not need anything. Which I love, bro. I, yeah, love, I, like I love masculine practices because it's like go and sit in the forest with a tree and not talk and not do anything and just breathe. I'm like, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah it's something that like, a lot of people know a lot about feminine practices and stuff like that, but mm. masculine practices, which are needed, mm. are just people don't, don't know about. Mm. People don't know about a lot of them. Well, like the done sit it. spot. How yeah, simple the is sit, that? I was yeah. going to
1: say the sit spot. It's such a, it's so, you you can normally tell a masculine practice because it's fucking got three steps to it. It's so simple. <laughs> Whereas like a feminine practice, it's, it's, it's deeply ritualistic. It's got about 1,400 steps. You've got to have 17 different fucking pieces of equipment. And that's the beauty of it because that's what it is. Like you go to Bali, man, and you're like, holy shit, there's so many different fruits to eat here. It's like, fuck yeah, but if you go to like anything that's male driven, you go into like a work site that has a cafeteria, there's two options, chicken or beef. (laughs) Because in Bali, it's like, do you want this fruit that tastes like fruit tingles? Do you want this fruit that tastes like rotten onions? Do you want this fruit that increases your sex drive times a thousand? Do you want this fruit that is bright fucking purple? And you're like, what the hell? And they're the beautiful, they're like, it's just polarity, man. (laughs) It's just polarity. Yeah, it's about learning how to balance yeah, both those sure. things and bring them into harmony where the certainty of the masculine, the stillness and the, and, and, and the, the, the sameness of the masculine is great because it creates this level of like familiarity and safety, but then the newness, mm. the creative force, the expression, the, the, the full, the, the full emotional flow of the feminine is what makes life worth fucking living. Like imagine life without flowers. Mm. Imagine life without music. Imagine life without poetry.
0: Yeah, it'd suck. Terrible. Mm. Terrible. No <laughs> music.
1: I right. know, bro. That'd imagine if. Right. Imagine if there's no such thing as singing bowls.
0: <laughs> mm. yeah, that's right. How
1: did the singing bowls get created? I don't created? That. I
0: even know,
1: <laughs> Or how? How did a guitar? How <laughs> yeah, did, how did right. someone create a guitar? Who came up with the scales for music to sit within? So wherever mm. you find beauty, you will find a structure that, it, that it exists within. Mm. And this is the, yeah, this is the magic. And that. I know we've gone pretty esoteric with these, but I just think it's really important to stretch <laughs> them and not just get caught in the, am I masculine? am my masculine, and my feminine? It's like you, you are both and you have, you have the capacity to cultivate mm. just as much of, it, of each and also honor that you may prefer one. I prefer certain things, masculine. Like I love my masculine practices, but then there's also the singer, the dancer, the drama, the super sensitive, emotional dude in me. That's super like creative.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think it's important like, that you'll, and don't get caught up on this masculine feminine thing. Like if you call it yin and yang or mm. call it whatever your shadow and, and light, mm. because, I know people say, Oh, I don't want to be feminine. Guys are like, mm. I don't want to be feminine And girls are like, I don't wanna be masculine mm. It's like no nah, bro like don't get caught up on these labels. Totally, man. Let's talk like let's talk about what it really means, which is mm. what we've just yeah Yeah and you, down. You um you and tell know you tell those
1: guys like I don't wanna be feminist, like, do you like barley? They're like fucking love barley, bro. I'm like, Do you love cold beer? <laughs> yeah, I love a cold beer. I was like, Bro, you love the feminine you always up in it. You're always in it. Like you enjoy it. Like it's, 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 it's so yeah. good to sort of be able to transcend those labels and give people actual real world examples of where they're experiencing it and where they're receiving mm.
0: it. Mm. Yeah. Cause people don't understand. Some people don't understand mm-hmm. what a feminine practice actually is or what a masculine practice is. Mm-hmm. They just think, oh, I'm just drinking a beer or oh, I'm just eating this fruit. But, or visiting this place. But there's so much more to it. Like Mm -hmm. without you as an individual listening to this, you may not know what a feminine practice really is or what a masculine practice really is. And hopefully after listening to this, you'll have a better understanding of how to cultivate that within your life Mm. or how to bring more intention or how to bring more recognition of these practices into your life Mm. because it's important to know.
1: Totally, man. And if people yeah. are want, wanting one, like the practice is go and sit in the same spot every day for five days for an hour without a book, without a watch, without a drink, without any distractions and just sit and become familiar with, with yourself. That's masculine, stillness, solitude practice, feminine, P- create a playlist and every day dance for 20 minutes and move your body in an, in a free flowing way. And there's a feminine practice. It's simple. like they're, they're, they're painfully simple. And, you know, there's so many different ways we can go into it. You can do visualization, breath work practices. You can do shadow work practices in both these poles. You can do uh, intimacy practices in both these poles, desire practices. There's so many different things. But at the core of it, if you're wanting to cultivate masculinity, sit still in the same spot for consecutive days. Feminine, move your body in a free-flowing way same for 20 minutes a day for five days and you'll, and you'll, you'll experience those two energies amplify in your
0: body. Mm. Mm. Sure. Mm. Now, why don't you just quickly, brother? I know you wanted to share a couple of quick communication techniques before we wrap up. Totally. So yeah, why don't you share some of these? I know these, you mentioned these have changed your life. So Definitely, be yeah, yes with a couple of them. Awesome. So these are great things to use in your
1: relationship. uh, Regardless of whether you're the man, the woman, the masculine, the feminine, whatever. Um, So the first one is if you're speaking with your partner, and you can feel that they're struggling to feel love in their life, instead of saying, what's wrong, instead of saying, what do you need? instead of saying what's, what, what's, what's up now, what, 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 are we, what are we dealing with, instead of focusing on them and saying what do you and pointing the finger, what do you need, you're a problem that needs fixing so I can get back to what I was doing. <laughs> the gift that you can ask this, yeah. and this is really important because it's, it, it, it's, it's vulnerable because you're opening yourself up to giving more than you probably want. But the, the, the simple question is to ask, hey, lover, I can see that you're struggling really right now. I can see that you're really struggling right now. How can I support you to feel more loved? Mm. How can I support you to feel more loved? I can see that you're really struggling right now. How can I support you to feel more loved? And you've been in men's circle with me, bro, speaking about eye language, right? So we lead with the I. How can I support you instead of saying, what's wrong with you? Because there's nothing wrong, right? But there is something wrong. <laughs> but we don't want to make it seem like they're broken. We don't want to make it seem like we're, they're inconvenient. But what we're doing is we're opening our hearts and saying, hey, I can see that you're really struggling right now. How can I help you to feel more loved? And if you see someone that's really struggling, um, for instance, to feel free or fit, to feel, um, liberated. So there might be like a feeling of apathy or a feeling of like, ah, oh, fuck, what's the point of living? What's what, nothing's nothing. No, what's the point of anything? Um, this is something that Meg really helps me with regularly. She's like, Hey, I can see that you feel, I can, I can feel that you're not, you're not excited right now. How can I support you to feel more free? Like, how can I support you to feel more free? Mm. I'm like, oh, great one. Oh, I'd love for you to cook dinner tonight so I can go for a run. That would be amazing. And she's like, done. I'm like, God, you're an amazing woman. Thank you. I love you. Boom. Five o'clock comes. I'm out running for fucking 10Ks. I come back. Dinner's ready. I'm open. I'm like, fuck, I'm back. I'm free. Mm. But if you had have said what's wrong, I would have been like, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to seem weak but it's like, Oh, how can I support you to feel more free? It's a giving, it's a giving statement, right? It's a giving statement.
0: Yeah. It's
1: a beautiful way to communicate. I
0: like that. Mm. Two more, bro. I'll
1: do two more. Um, because these are the the key ones. Mm. Uh, the other one is like, if you share something and your partner reacts or is triggered, you can say to them instead of like biting back, you can say, Hey, would you like another go at responding to that? Would you like a second chance? And what this does is gives them an opportunity to be like, oh, shit. Did I actually say what I wanted to say? Was that just an automatic response from my subconscious? So mm. if I share something with Meg and she is a little bit aggressive or doesn't say something that nice to me, i am be like, oh, hey, lover, would you like another another go at, at that one? I can. I, let's start from the top. I'll, I'll – I'll, And because I know that she has her stories, I have my stories, we have our programs, we have our beliefs, we have our traumas, all that shit, I know that, like, we're not always going to get it right the first time. And the same Mm. thing happens if I catch myself doing something and I say something, I'm like, oh, my goodness, hey, lover, can I please have another go at that? Can I have a second second chance at that? Because what I said just then wasn't cool. Mm. And we, we allow space mm. for the humanness with that statement. Hey, can I have another go at that? Mm. I actually want to have another go at that. I want to tell you how I really feel instead of just saying what my mind wants me to say. So they're, they're, like, they're, they're just simple, mm. man, but they, they allow for the humanness. They allow for the little moments where you don't fully give with your heart. And the, the last mm. communication like technique that. that I want to leave you guys with is Opening and closing. These are the simplest ways. It 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 gets rid of all of the formulas, all of the things, and it's like, hey lover, I can feel that you're closing right now. Is there something that you wanted to share? Or hey lover, I can feel my heart's closing. I can just feel like I'm I'm, I'm triggered, or I can feel I'm feeling a bit insecure, and my heart's closing. So I'm not. I'm going to try my best to stay open, but I'm just letting you know. Mm. It's a real acknowledgement of where, where you're at. Mm. And that's that, that's Love a that. game changer, man. Like, that one will change your fucking life if you just start to incorporate opening and closing into your dialogue. Oh, hey, lover, mm. um, I really want to open my heart right now, but I can feel it closing. Mm. Or, oh, hey, lover, I can feel that you're closed right now. Is, is there something that I can... Is there something that you want to share with me? Like I'm so open to receiving feedback about something that I have have done or haven't done. Like I'm happy to have that conversation, but it leads with that opening or closing. Because it's so simple. It's like, oh, if you've got a closed Mm -hmm. heart, you're not going to want to connect. If you've got an open heart, you're going to want to connect. And it's fun when your partner does have a closed heart and you're like, hey, is your heart closed? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, do you want some help opening it? Yeah, I'd like that. Okay, come here. What do you need? How can I support you to feel more loved? How can I support you to feel more free?
0: Hmm.
1: To really beautiful. And and bro, like relationships are fucking simple. When you use, when you use this, when you, when you keep it simple, they don't have to be complex. They don't have to be like really for depth. You just need to be patient and you just need to stay open. You don't have to do anything special. You just have to really be open.
0: Mm. Mm. love that man thanks for sharing that. those i think that's really important hell yeah really important. i'm gonna i'm, bit, I'm gonna be i'm adopt those for sure <laughs> <laughs> not just in my relationship with uh with a woman but in my friendships and my family relationships i think it's important to establish those that type of dialect
1: and that's you've, that. you've nailed it bro you can take these into whatever relationship. And there's a whole nother aspect of like nonviolent communication. There's a whole other aspect of asking for consent. There's a whole other way of like actually emotionally priming someone to make sure that they're ready to have a deeper conversation. There's so many other tools that are available, bro, that, um, you know, we can, we can talk about on another, on another podcast on another time in another, in another place. But, uh, yeah, bro, that's, um, that's that's all that I have to share. Really? That's, um, that's me complete.
0: love that. Yeah, I, I definitely. There's a lot more I want to say now, but we'll wrap this one up. We'll have to, <laughs> we'll have to get on a, on a 2.0 and, and jam a bit more. But, yeah, I really mm. appreciate you jumping on, Brother Jacob, and sharing your wisdom mm. with us and a b- bit about your story as well. Really totally appreciate good, you showing up and doing that. Mm. And, yeah, thank you, Brother. Stoke to be alive at
1: the same time as you, bro. What a blessing it is.
0: <laughs> love you, my man. All right. We'll wrap things up here, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's Tom, Tom talks join with Jacob O'Neill. His information will be below in the description. If you want to check him out, follow him on socials. It's definitely worth it. Lots of love, brother. Lots of love guys.
1: Peace out, bro. A-ho. Big A-ho- love. A-ho.